0: So, there's this illustration that people use sometimes, and it's like this elephant illustration. And people use this illustration sometimes to show why all religions lead to the same place, or why all religions lead to heaven. And the illustration is something like this to where there's this elephant that's supposed to symbolize like heaven, and then there's these blind men that are supposed to symbolize religions. And so the illustration is where this, like, there's this elephant in the middle of the field, and then there's these blind men, and they're just like walking around trying to head the right direction or the same direction. And so you have one blind guy who's like over here trying to find this animal, because they have no idea if it's an elephant or not. They go, and one guy touches the tusk, and he's like, man, this animal's like smooth, and, and it's just, you know, feels nice. And then there's this one blind guy who's walking around, and he feels the tail, and he's like, man... This, this animal's like, you know, furry and fuzzy, and then there's this other blind man who walks around, and he's like, no, like, I think this animal's actually like rough, and, and the skin is just, it's just really tough. And so people use this illustration to say, see, you know, religions, they're all just like these blind men walking around, and they all lead to the same animal, they just have different perspectives, and each perspective is true." And so people use that in order to say, see, all religions lead to heaven. All religions go to the same place because all of them have different perspectives and they're all true. They just all have bits and pieces of it. You see, when you think about that, though, there's a lot of things wrong with that illustration. And I'm just going to give you two because we could spend hours on this. But really, when you think about this illustration, it kind of falsely accuses religions of being, of being blind. You see, any kind of religion is never going to say, you know what, yeah, we're a blind religion. No, they're going to say, no, we have this truth, and, and this truth really opens our eyes to the whole picture. Or in other words, this truth opens our eyes to the entire elephant, not just bits and pieces of the elephant. And then a second thing that we can say is that this illustration really doesn't do justice to how all religions say that they claim a certain kind of ultimate truth, right? It, the religions of all the world, they don't claim to have just a little bit of the truth or a particular part of the truth. They claim to have the entire truth. And so whenever we think of this illustration, we have to keep in mind that there's not one religion that says, yeah, I just, we have a part of the truth. No, they all claim to have the entire elephant, the entire truth, the entirety of what they believe is true. And so, really, this illustration doesn't work. And and for us, the reason I share the illustration with you is because when we look at this illustration or as we look at the world, man, there has to be someone, there has to be some truth that helps us see the entire elephant, not just the tail, not just the skin, not just the tusk. And there has to be this one truth that helps us describe the entire thing. And I think that's going to be so important for us as we get into our passage together because we're going to try to answer a question together that a lot of people have asked. And so the question we're going to try to answer together is, is there only one way to heaven? Is there really only one way to heaven? You see, this is probably a question that you've asked yourself. This is probably a question that someone has asked you. Or maybe this is one of these questions that, like, you know, I feel really uncomfortable asking someone. And so I'm just going to go up to someone and say, hey, I'm asking for a friend here. What are your thoughts on this? And so this is one of those questions that I believe that all of humanity has had to, like, wrestle with. They've had to wrestle with the idea of this life and what happens after this life. And they have to wrestle with the idea of saying, is this world, is this earth really as good as it gets Is this really the best that we have on this earth? And so when we think about that question, think of it through the lens of the entire world, right? Because if if you are in a different parts of the world with different kinds of religions and different kinds of cultures, really the culture and the place that you're born into heavily influences like your first take or your first answer to this question. It heavily influences how you answer the question Is there really only one way to heaven? And so then I want you to think about America, okay? So think about the USA with me. Right now in our culture, we kind of have this inclusive culture that's a little bit unhealthy. And the reason I put a little bit unhealthy is because, you know, I do think it's honestly biblical and necessary for us to love all people, no matter what they're going through, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. We have to love all people wherever they find themselves but we have to be okay with sharing truth and love. We have to be okay saying, hey, with so much love, let let me share this with you, with so much love, man, you need need to know this, and what we're doing is we're not cutting them down, but if anything, we're trying to elevate our risen Lord Jesus, and trying to elevate him and saying, man, this is the truth, and and you see, everybody wants to pursue truth. Nobody wants to live in a lie, and nobody wants to live in this falsehood. No one wants to live blind, but my goodness, we want to find truth and its ultimate truth and the kind of truth that's true for everyone in every place, no matter where you go, no matter what time span, no matter what generation you're in. Because the truth will set you free. The truth will give you peace. The truth will give you comfort. The truth will give you joy. The truth will give you hope. And so my goal, my goal this morning is to answer that question together of is there only one way to heaven? And I hope that as we look into God's word, and I hope that as we just kind of think deeply together, that we can answer that question with confidence, and that you can leave here today and say, you know what, I know the answer to that question, and I know how my answer to that question affects my life. And so if you're with me, let's go ahead and go to Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12. And as you get there... um, I remember that I forgot to say buenos dias because I always say buenos dias to you guys. And so, buenos dias. And if you're new here, I hope I'm not the first person to say hello or hola or buenos dias. Hope someone else has already done that. Um, but as you turn there, I just want to kind of just catch us up and be all on the same page. Um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to start a new series of messages where we're going to answer some really tough questions and we're going to attempt to give some really good answers that are biblical, that are are thoughtful, and that are questions that maybe we can ask other people and see what they think, and then we'll actually have an answer to respond to them. And all of these questions are going to be questions that I hope are questions that maybe you've wrestled with. And if there's a question that you've been wrestling with for a long time, man, feel free to come up to me after the service and say, hey, Misael, I'd like you to answer this question. Like, this is a question I've had for so long and I'd love for us to wrestle with it. I'd love for us to talk about it. And so uh, I wanna go ahead and just throw that, throw that out to you. Uh, and then as you look for Mark chapter 12, verse 28... Um, I just want to let you know that next Sunday is going to be a little bit different. We're actually going to stream from our Owasso campus to here to listen to this like ex-atheist scientist talk about his testimony and about he came to know the Lord and the truth and how that's impacted his life. And so next Sunday will be a little bit different, but I think it'll be so valuable for us. And so if you're with me in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, this is what it says. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commands, which is the most important? Verse 29 says, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. And so as we look at this, you might be saying, okay, this is the passage we're going to use. This is the passage we're going to use to try to answer the question, is is, there only one way to heaven? Well, I'm going to say yes. Our preaching team got together and we're talking about, okay, what passage should we use to really be able to answer this question? And we looked at several, but we really like this one because Jesus answers this question already assuming three different things. And so, what I love is that we actually get to dissect the things that Jesus is already assuming in this passage. And so, the first thing that we see in verses 28 and 29 is really this first assumption. This first assumption is that we are designed to know God, we are designed to know God. So, again, we kind of have this scene, and I just want you to imagine real quick with me this scene where, where Jesus is standing in, in the middle of, of all these teachers of the law. And, look, these teachers of the law, they thought they were, like, big stuff. Okay? They thought that they were awesome. They thought they knew everything. So he's there, and Jesus is just answering questions left and right. And there's this one teacher of the law who has the guts. He has the guts to say, okay, Jesus, For a long time, we've kind of been wrestling with the whole idea of, like, which command is the best, which command is just the greatest. Like, there's 613 commands and laws. Like, Jesus, we think we know which one it is, but what do you think it is? And Jesus could have said a couple of things. He could have said, man, keep the Sabbath. He could have said, man, you got to make sure that leopards shave their heads. Or he could have said, never shave your beard, because that's one of them. And I would be kind of okay with that. Unless, like, trimming your beard is, like, part of that, then I would not like that, because I want to trim my beard. But Jesus could have said any of these. And so what he does is he summarizes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And he summarizes it with this. He says, man, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one, and we are to love him. That's how he summarizes the entire thing. Man, love him. And so, what Jesus is saying is huge. And again, there is this assumption right here that we just can't miss. And it's the assumption that this is our God. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And so, what we see is that God is not hiding. God doesn't hide from us. So I want you to write down Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. And then I want you to write down Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And I love this because it says, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. You see, God is not hiding from us God can be our God. We are designed to know God. And what's just so amazing is that we can know God, like not just know of God, but actually know him in such a personal and real way. And he's revealed himself as one God, one God in essence and substance or one God at his, at his core in three persons. He's revealed himself as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they are all one and we can love him. And so as we look at this, we can see that we have been designed to know God. So if you think about it, like human nature is to like search for that kind of relationship. Like if I'm designed to know God, I'm, I'm over here searching for that kind of relationship. I'm searching to try to find, to find this God, to know him. And as we're on that path, well, some people, they go a biblical path and then some go a non-biblical path. And we have to ask the question, well, which, which way is right? I'm like which way is the correct way? Because, again, there's a lot of people that say that all roads lead to heaven, that all ways lead to heaven. Why? Because they teach the same thing. That's what they say. They say, man, all religions just teach the same thing, you know, so they must be going the same way. Well, if you think about all the religions in the world, sure, maybe all of them are kind of the same in the sense that they have like authoritative scripture and teachers who teach that and places that they meet. And maybe some of them do some prayer things. Maybe some of them have altars. Maybe some of them have rituals. But if you really start deeply looking at the core of what they believe, they are so different. So, so different. And so I just want to give you some examples here. Again, that ultimate reality that we talked about, you know, that elephant. So I want you to think about Hinduism. For Hinduism, the ultimate reality of Hinduism is that everything is divine. Like Hinduism says that like, you're divine. That you're divine, the chair is divine, the floor is divine, the air is divine, the walls divine, the car is divine. And not, not my car. My car is in the shop. It, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story or my Facebook story. Yeah, my car... Not functioning right now. But even my car is divine. That's what it says. And that we are all kind of divine and that we are all kind of like connected to this impersonal God. That's what Hinduism says. That's what ultimate reality is. And then if you think about Buddhism, for Buddhism, the ultimate reality is like suffering and and self-denial in the pursuit of some kind of knowledge. The pursuit of some kind of knowledge that maybe possibly will kind of set you free from something that you may or may not have because they Don't really know if you have a soul or not. That's what Buddhism believes. And then you think about the ultimate reality of Christianity. Well, the ultimate reality of Christianity is that there is a personal and loving, creating God who's triune. He's supreme. He's unique. He is all-knowing. He's this personal creator and the savior of the entire world. And we need him. So again, you hear these three different things, and there's no way that we can say that they're the same. And so if you think about all of these religions or all of these people that say that all religions are these roads and these roads all lead to the same place, how can we say that all roads lead to heaven when they can't even literally come together and and, and say that they they believe the same thing about the core belief? Uh, Like, how is it possible for all of these roads to lead the same way when, man, I don't even know if we believe the same thing about who we are, about ultimate reality? And then, just let's take it a step further. How is it possible for us to say that all roads lead to heaven when none of these people even agree, that none of these even religions agree what heaven is or what heaven is supposed to be or what heaven is like? And so think about it. If the religions can't even agree on what heaven is, then how can they all lead to heaven? Think about that real quick with me. Because the reality is, and what really interests me, is that What's what's interesting is that our human nature, like we long for a better place. Like we, we long for something to just be better than what we have right now. And so maybe people saying that all roads lead to heaven, maybe it's their way of saying, you know, all roads lead to a better place. All roads lead to something greater than what we have right now. But that's just really interesting to me. Like why is it that humans have this interest of saying, man, there's got to be something better. Which actually leads us to our second point. And so I want you to look at the next verses that we have. The next verses are verses 30 and 31. And so we've seen that we are designed to know God, but now we see that we are designed to love God. We're designed to love God. So I want to read this one more time for us. Verse 30 says, it continues... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I've already said it, but I'll say it again. What's just so incredible is that not only can we know of God, but we can know God in such a personal and real way and it's just incredible, incredible to me that this God wants us to know him and that this God has actually loved us. And what we see is that we are to love God, not just a little bit of us or a little part of us, but with all of us, like our, our entire being, all of what we have, all of who we are. And it's just so cool is that we can love God because he has loved us because of who he is, because of what he's done. And so I want you to write this down. It's actually First John chapter four, verse nineteen. It's a super little tiny verse that you can you can memorize. So First John chapter four, verse nineteen, and you, I think you already know it. Some of you might know it. Some of you might not. It's okay. It says this: We love because He first loved us. We love because He first loved us. The reason that God loved us first. And the reason we can say that is because God doesn't just have a perspective of the human condition and a solution. God has the perspective of the human condition and the solution for it. He knows the real problem and He has the real solution. So, again, I'm going to kind of distinguish some religions here. So, if you think about Hinduism, you know what Hinduism says? Hinduism looks at you and says, You are so ignorant. You're so ignorant. You're divine and you don't even know it. You're divine. Just snap out of it. You're divine. Stop being ignorant. That's what Hinduism says. And Hinduism says that the only way to fix the problem of humanity's ignorance of the divine is just to know and be aware that you're divine. That's the solution to the problem. And then you think about Buddhism. Again, Buddhism says that the problem with, with humanity is that they're trying to satisfy their souls even though they don't have one. And you know what the solution is? The solution is, well, let's pursue wisdom. Let's pursue knowledge. Maybe let's pursue ethical conduct. Let's pursue discipline. And maybe after you do all that, maybe you'll come to the knowledge of maybe how to satisfy that soul that you don't have. And you just kind of sit there and you scratch your head. and You're like, huh, that is interesante, elefante. Like, what is that? And then you think about Christianity right? Christianity says that humans are made in the image of God, but there's this problem with humanity. And the problem with humanity is that we try to be our God. We try to be our own God. And we're like, man, I'm my own boss. I'm my own thing. I'm my own divine. Well, you know what? That's called disobedience against God. And so this disobedience has made us and caused us to fall into sin, to be sinful. And there's only one solution to that. That only solution can be found in Jesus Christ, God himself, who looked at us and said, I created you, and man, I have to save you too. And so I'm going to have to come and I have to live perfectly and die, and, and then I have to come out of the grave to be able to defeat it, to be able to look at you and say, I'm your solution. I'm not just your creator, I'm your solution as well. And so you need me, and it's only through faith alone and Christ alone that you can be saved from this problem. And that all happened because God's love for us. And so God loved us and we are designed to love him. We're designed to. And so again, when you think about that question of, is there only one way to heaven? Well, we kind of have to ask the creator of heaven. We have to ask the creator of the one who loved us. And then I want you to look at verse 31. Verse 31 kind of cracks me up. I don't know if it cracks you up. Because Jesus says, the second is this. The guy only asked for one. The guy only asked for one command. And Jesus is like, I'm going to give you one and a second one. And so Jesus is like, I'm going to go ahead and give this to you, even though you didn't ask for it. And then he says, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so again, there's something else I want you to write down. So that first John passage that you wrote down, so keep on writing 1 John chapter 4 and then write down verse 20 and 21, okay? Because verse, verse 19 continues to these verses. So verses 20 and 21 says this, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For, wh- for whoever does not love their brother and sister um, whom may they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. He has given us this command Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You see, we've been created to know God, to love God. We've been designed for that. And also, God has stepped in and said, Man, I'm right here. I'm the creator of the heavens and the earth, and I humbled myself for you. And so as we look at all the religions in the world, what's just so fascinating to me. And again, we've talked about this before, but I just want to remind you, it's fascinating to me that there's like this mountain and like God is on top of this mountain and all the religions say, hey, you're at the bottom and you got to find a way to climb up. You got to find a way to work to get up there. You got to find a way to get to God. But see, that kind of God's not very loving. That kind of God is just looking down and saying, yeah, you suck. Yeah, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, good luck becoming aware of that. But you see, the God that we see, the creator God, the God of the Bible, again, he's on, yes, he's on top of this mountain, and yes, we're at the bottom, but that God came down and said, you know what? There is no way in the world that you can get up this mountain. So I'm going to come down to you, and I'm going to bring you up, because there's no way you can make it. And so we see this love of God for us, So again, we've seen that we are designed to know God, designed to love God. And the last one is my favorite. We are designed to enjoy God. We are designed to enjoy God. And so as we think about that question, is there only one way to heaven? Here's my short answer, yes. There's only one way to heaven. And it's through faith alone in Christ alone because we have to be honest. Like you think about your life, you think about people around you, there's has to be, there has to be consequences for sin. There has to be consequences for the bad things that I've done, that other people have done. It doesn't matter how big or small. And there is this reality of an afterlife. There is a reality that this world is not the best that it gets. There's a reality that God has prepared something in the future for us and he is our only solution. So yes, there's only one way to heaven, but I want you to think with me real quick. Think about the people who ask the question, is there only one way to heaven? Think about those people. Might be you, might be someone else you know. The people who ask the question, hey, is there only one way to heaven? I think are the people that think that heaven is the goal. I think they think that heaven is the reward. I think they think that heaven is like, man, that's the piece of candy I've been wanting this whole time. But you see, if you think that heaven is the goal, if you think that heaven is the reward, can I just tell you something with so much love, but so much truth, I think you've missed it. I think you've missed it. If, if you really think that heaven is the reward that we are to have whenever we put our faith and trust in Jesus, We've missed the gospel entirely. And so if that's you, I just, I just wanna encourage you with some truth right here. The reason I say that we are designed to enjoy God is because that's what we are designed to do. We're not designed to enjoy heaven. We're not designed to enjoy heaven. We're designed to enjoy God because here's the truth. The truth is that heaven is just a place that we get to enjoy God without sin. Heaven is a place that we get to enjoy God to his fullest. Heaven is a place where I get to walk around with my Lord and my savior and worship him freely, whatever that looks like. I really don't know exactly how it will look like in every single detail. But I know that to the fullest, I'll be able to without sin, without temptation, without anxiety, without worry, without any disruption, I'm gonna be able to give all of what God is worthy of, all of what god is worth and guess what i'm gonna enjoy it like i'm gonna enjoy giving praises to the lord because sometimes let's be honest we can be sitting here and not really enjoy worshiping god it's like god i much rather like worship myself or god i much rather sing this song or god i much rather be doing that but in that moment where we're in heaven with the lord in his presence we're gonna find so much joy in his voice, so much joy in his presence, so much joy in his love, so much joy in his peace, so much joy in his thoughts. And so I want you to write down one more verse. And if you haven't written down the other verses, that's okay, but I need you to write this one down. Write down Job, and I know it kind of spells like job, but it's Job. Job chapter 22, verses 24 and 26. And this is what Job chapter 22, verses 24 and 26 say If you lay gold in the dust and gold of offer among the stones of the turret bed, then the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. For then you will delight yourself in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You lay down the gold you have. The Almighty will become your gold and your precious silver. And so I just have two questions for us as we end. Who or what is your hope in? Who or what is your joy in? And then my second question is this, if you believe that being transformed by Jesus and saved by Jesus was just for the end goal of heaven, and you've missed it. And so I just want to bring you back and say, whenever we are transformed by Jesus, whenever we are saved by Jesus, again, through faith alone and Christ alone, saying, Jesus, I need you. I depend on you. I need you to save me. I can't save myself. What's amazing is that we are saved by God, for God, and we gain God. We gain a heavenly father and we gain a prince of peace. We gain the great Comforter. We gain the gain the Almighty God. We gain the Savior. And so, those are my two questions for us. So, I'd like to do right now just pray with you and for you um, as you continue to just evaluate your heart from the words that were just spoken and the Scripture that was just read. So, let's pray. Jesus, I know that right now there are people who are evaluating their hearts and their minds. Lord, I know that there are people in here who are beginning to ask the question, man, has my goal just been heaven or has my goal been to enjoy the Lord? Lord, I pray that if there's someone in here who believes that this earth is the best that they have, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict them and let them know that there's something so much better, so much greater. Lord, thank you so much that you have made the way. Lord, I praise you that you have given us your word, that you've given us minds to think, to be able to examine the questions that we have. So God, I praise you and I just ask that you would use this series and these questions that we're gonna answer to strengthen our faith, to disciple us, to to make us better, to grow us in our faith. Lord, because we know that our friends and our families have these kind of questions too, that we have these kind of questions. We continue to use your word, Lord, to shape us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name.